these individuals, of course, uh, the men who poured into my life, uh, Dad Cummings, which is uh, the award given to the man of the year last week, the Cecil L. Cummings uh, Award. He was my godfather, and actually in my parents' wedding, and then I would be uh, negligent if I didn't give God glory for my dad. Uh, he passed away two years ago from COVID, but um, my dad, um, my dad didn't teach me how to preach. He taught me something better. He taught me how to have the character of a man of God. Uh, he was, amen. He was a faithful husband for over 60 years, and I watched how he treated my mom, and that's how I learned how to treat my wife, Carmen, and so I'm just grateful to my father, and also grateful to my mom who has prayed for me. And I say all this to say to those of you who are uh, younger than me, to always remember that you stand on the shoulders of those who came previous to you. No one gets to this place by ourselves. It takes a village to raise a man and a woman of God. And so we just praise God for his goodness. Amen. Praise the name of the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. Uh, well, we're going to uh, get into the word, but a few announcements. Want to let you know that on, uh, I'm excited that we're gonna have First Friday, even though it's actually Second Friday, but we're gonna have First Friday on uh, July 8th. And what I'm excited about is that it's not going to be here, it's going to be at PT North 77 Columbia Street. Woo! Amen. We're gonna get back into the original house of prayer, and I am just excited about that as we get ready to reopen our second campus in September. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. And then um, a special treat came out a couple of weeks ago. Uh, uh, Brother Emmy put out a new CD. You can get it on, you can get it on Spotify and, and Apple, uh, Psalm 8, and it is, it is one of those songs that you can play in your house and put it on repeat and just allow the presence of the Lord to be in your house. And you say, well, why are you so much pushing this? Because we've heard prophetic words uh, over the years that new music and songs will come out of this house. And we're grateful for that. If you want to see also the, the, the uh, video of it, it's on YouTube and we, I was, honored to be there, and the presence of the Lord was in the recording studio. Yeah, I tell you, God moving, so God bless you. Hey, Brother Emmy, you here? Why don't you stand up? Amen. Amen. And of course, uh, Sister Deborah just reading, just, just ministering the word of the Lord, so we're grateful for that. Amen. Well, let's bow our heads, first of all. I want to just anoint myself. First, Father, I anoint myself and I plead the blood of Jesus. For your word says in Hebrews chapter 9, verse 14, that the blood of Jesus can release my mind, release my mind from dead works, works that are killing me, 
the lies of the devil so I can serve the living God for I have the mind of Christ and I am blessed which means I'm am marked and set apart with the blood of Jesus and thank you Lord that the blood of Jesus is my witness because the blood of Jesus speaks of the better and greater things that you have in Christ for Brian Green. I pray that my speech and my preaching will not be with the enticing words of men's wisdom, but demonstration of spirit of power, that our faith will not rest in the wisdom of Brian Green, but in the power of God. And Father, I pray that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, will give unto us the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of you. Let the eyes of the understanding of our heart be enlightened so that we would know what is the hope of your glory. In Jesus' name we ask it. Amen. I want to speak to you on the subject, every church needs eight people. Every church needs eight people, eight kinds of people. And I'm going to talk about four of those people, those types of people today, and then the other four next Sunday. And I'm saying this because this is what makes this church a successful church, is because God has blessed me and blessed us with people like you. Could you turn to the person next to you and tell that person you are a blessing? Amen. Amen. Now turn to somebody else and tell them you are a blessing. This may be the first time you ever heard this, but you are a blessing. Romans chapter 16, verse 1 to 7, and I'm reading from the New King James Version. Amen. Uh, I commend to you Phoebe, our sister, who is a servant of the church uh, in um, St. Crea, that you may receive her in the Lord in a manner worthy of the saints and assist her in whatever business she has need of you. For indeed, she has been a helper of many and of myself also. And this is Paul's letter to the church, churches in Rome. Verse 3, greet Priscilla and Aquila, my fellow wor workers in Christ Jesus, who risked their lives or risked their own necks for my life, to whom not only I give thanks, but also all the churches of the Gentiles give thanks for Aquila and Priscilla as well. Likewise, greet the church that is in the house of Aquila, or Priscilla and Aquila. Greet my beloved um, Eponetus, who is the first fruits of Achaia, which is basically uh, a city in Greece, to Christ. Greet Mary, who labored much for us. Greet Adronicus and Junia, my countrymen and my fellow prisoners, who are of note among the apostles and who also were in Christ before me. As I look over my 27 years of pastoring, um, I realized that you know, when I look back on 1995 when I started up to this year, 2022, there are so many people 
that I can give thanks to, to what measure of success God has honored me with. And Paul, though he is this larger than life, almost super apostle, one of the things I realize is that Paul never forgot to give thanks to God for the people who helped him in ministry. And it is interesting that in chapter 16, it's almost like Paul giving his thank you notes and thank you cards for people who have been a help to his ministry. I counted in these few verses 29 people that Paul thanks and gives his appreciation to with regards to his uh, ministry. And here's a rhetorical question that I want to ask you, that when's the last time you sent a thank you text or a thank you email, a thank you card, or a thank you note to somebody who has, who has added value to your life? When's the last time that maybe you were able to go to your old high school or your old grammar school and see that teacher who had meant so much for you, to you, that teacher who helped turn your life around? We have grown up in what I call a, a very unappreciative season where people are looking more towards what has gone wrong and who has hurt them as opposed to that old hymn that has also been updated by Maverick uh, City, Count Your Blessings. Count Your Blessings. And I'm just looking at Paul and he is sending this letter if we can put the map up there. He writes this letter in Corinth, as you can see, and there is no, there is no UPS. There's no FedEx. There is no United Euro, Europe Apostle Service. Uh, there is basically people who he needed to trust to get this letter, and I know the book of, we call it the book of Romans, but it's really called the epistle to the church at Rome. An epistle is not a small apostle. The epistle is a letter. And Paul writes this magnificent letter, but he needs somebody to travel seven to 800 miles to carry this letter that is going to change the world. And he doesn't, oh, this is heavy. He doesn't choose a man to do it. He chooses a woman. Whew. I lost people already. 
Her name, Phoebe, means bright, radiant. Phoebe is a deaconess in the church. Phoebe is a leader in the church. That's why I don't understand people who teach this doctrine that women cannot lead in the church. I need the woman to at least say amen. Her name means bright and radiant. Why? Because she served the church of God joyfully. I hate to say this, but I'm really tired of people who serve in God's house and act like they're doing God a favor. People who, and I believe people should get paid, but if the only reason you serve God is to get paid, turn to your neighbor so you don't get mad at me, turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, Jesus paid with his blood for you. If he never gave you another dime, you still owe him. And it's a shame that we give God raggedy service as believers. We do things in our service to the house of God, to God himself, that if we did it on our regular job, we'd be fired. Tell your neighbor, I hope he's not talking about you. This woman, Phoebe, carried this letter hundreds of miles on her own dime. Oh, oh, you didn't get that. Let me say it in modern. She paid her own way to carry this letter to Rome. She didn't ask to be reimbursed. Ooh, it's quiet in this Pentecostal church. She is trustworthy. I want to let you know that I praise God that I pastor a church full of Phoebes. Full of women who I can trust, who is worthy of my trust to lead. I purposely ask God to give me an executive pastor that was a woman. First, it was Kia Martin, who really paved the way for that. Yeah, you can, you can clap. And then as I'm beginning to look at the runway of my landing, meaning as uh, my time of pastorate will come to an end. I'm not saying I'm going to leave tomorrow, 
but I want to make sure that the church is in good shape. And so, you know, I said, God, I want a millennial for an executive pastor uh, so that that way I to, to put in the concept of church work and how to love the church and how to love God's people and how to love the, the work of the Lord and how to be excellent and have to make sure that you have a prayer life and that you know the word of God. And so, you know, when, so as the Lord blessed us with Shauna and hopefully the next pastor, uh, he'll have someone like Shauna to help him or her to do what God has called him to do for the next leg of Pentecostal Tabernacle. There's some of you who don't know me, you're like, well, you, you look pretty young. Well, I'm, I'm older than I look. I'm 63 years old, and I, I'll tell you right now, I'll be shocked if I'm pastoring at 70. Praise the Lord. Is everybody all right there? I, 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 it, it, look, it doesn't mean, no, what does it say? My plans are not God's plans. So I said, I will be shocked. <laughs> hey, some of y'all, it's all right. It's really all right. I'm, <laughs> this book of Rome, Romans may be one of the most consequential books in the history of Christendom. Because when the church was corrupt in a way that the church duped people into thinking that you could purchase these, these grants called indulgences. And what that mean? That means that, that you, 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 you could pay the church so that when you died, your, the punishment for your sins will be decreased. So the more you paid, the less you would be punished to the point that eventually you would be actually going to heaven. And a man by the name of Martin Luther in 1517, 500 years ago, he got a revelation from this letter that was delivered by a woman 1,500 years before he came on the scene. And he read the scripture in, first, in Romans chapter seven, 1, verse 17, that the just those who are justified in the presence of God, they don't have to take out their wallet and give money to God. The just shall live by their faith. And it is by faith, it is by grace of God through faith that we now have the ability to just come to God just as we are, broken, weary, and sad, and Jesus will give us life because he already paid the price for our salvation. He doesn't need our money. And he nailed those 95 theses against the, 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 the door of the church 
And he did it in protest, in protest of the church trying to sell out forgiveness. And his protest began what we now call the protestant religion. Thank God for Sister Phoebe. If that letter does not get to Rome, where would the church be? Anybody with me? And then there's Priscilla and Aquila. Priscilla means praise. Aquila means eagle. Priscilla, she's another mighty woman of God, an amazing teacher. What is interesting, which is really weird in this, in this uh, ancient Rome and ancient Greek concept, is that out of all the times that their names are mentioned together, they are a teaching team. Are you with me? What's amazing during this time is that only once out of the number of times, I think it's four or five times their name mentioned, only once is Aquila's name mentioned before his wife. Now, I don't know what that means other than the fact that Priscilla had it going on. And what am I saying? I'm saying that these, these individuals were, were missionaries. These individuals, Paul says, they, they held church in their home. And I don't want to get in the history of these individuals because, uh, the matter of fact, if you want to know a little bit about the history, is that the Caesar at a certain time, he expelled all the Jewish people from, their, from living in, in Rome. And so these individuals, this couple had to move out of Rome and establish a new uh, uh, um, uh, home. And that's how they met Paul. And now they moved back to Rome after Caesar uh, ended up uh, passed pass away and that, that rule was changed. But this is the point I'm making. We need couples who will open their homes for church. What do you mean? I praise God for the couples and people who have opened their homes for small groups. I said small groups. You see, as the church grows, it can become a little bit impersonal. It can become like... Like, I mean, it's great that we have these after-church fellowships and we walk around and we say, God bless you, it's good to see you. But it's really when you get into small groups of, of five, six, seven, ten people where you can really begin knowing people. I like what Bill Hybel says. He said, you want to be in a place where you can know and be known. You want to be in a place where you feel like you're in a safe space where you can pull up the blinds so that people can really see who you really are. Are you with me? We're living in a day when people are, are, are too concerned about their image and therefore there's no honesty in, with themselves and honesty in the presence of God. Let me get a little bit deeper now. 
Uh, and I'll just look at the clock, that way you won't get upset with me. Have you ever, uh, you go on Zoom or you go on people's Instagram or whatever, and you see their picture and you're like, wow. And then when you meet them in person, you go, whoa. <laughs> Thank you, that's one hand. Re rest of you are like, so you're like, I'm not putting up my hand because that may be me. <laughs> We got our glam shot, you know, nails done, uh, uh, hair cut. You know, we wait, you know, guys, we wait till we go on a 20-day fast so that, you know, everything's all tight. Take that picture, and then it's like, oh, oh. <laughs> but the beauty of small groups, the beauty of these, this couple, Priscilla and Aquila, holding church at their house. They, they created a safe space, a safe haven for people to be themselves. I thank God for people like that. You need people like that in church who will open up their house and don't care. You know, let me get, tell you something else. Some of us, the reason why we don't invite people in our house is because we, 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 we we want to make sure that our house looks like better homes and gardens. I don't know about you, maybe you have it going on that your house looks like modern style in all these magazines. That's not my house. My house looks like it's lived in. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, I'm gonna talk about me. Mm -hmm. and, and, and so the Lord has been dealing with us because we've allowed the devil to, well, what are people going to think about our house? I mean, I'm supposed to be the bishop. I mean, I'm supposed to have a mansion. I mean, I'm supposed to have at least more than one bathroom. <laughs> ah. And God's saying, people are not impressed with what you have in the house that they can see. They're impressed with what's in your house that they cannot see, which is a spirit of peace, spirit of love, spirit of joy. Because your house can look as beautiful as any house in a magazine, your apartment, and yet when you walk in there, you can feel the tension. Can I get a witness? Anybody know what I'm talking about? We need houses that people can come in to say, my God, thank you, I just feel the peace of God. And I thank God because there's houses like that in this church, people who have opened their house to others, to, to marriage ministry and all the other things that happen. Let me keep going. Then the third, the, the third person that we need is a guy by the name of Apennonitas. Apennonitas. And his name means commended. He is, and Paul says, I praise God for him because he is the first believer, uh, the first fruits of my ministry, basically, in the city of Corinth. And let me see. I could, yeah. Do I have it here? Yes, I do. And, and I praise God for one of the first fruits of ministry here in PT South. When we moved here, it's a different neighborhood, different uh, uh, population here, and I was wondering, God, 
can we thrive here? Can we be a blessing in this neighborhood called Cambridge Port? And one of the first fruits of our ministry, one of the first people who gave their life to the Lord is, and I'm going to uh, just, if I can hand it to his dad, uh, Brother John, could you just give this to your son, Max? Max first came to this church when he was about 11 or 12. He's now going into a sophomore year of college. Ooh, Jesus. But we, if those of you who, who have been in our church, to connect with the Amigo School, what we did was they had a chorus. And you know, Cambridge is really uh, careful about separation of church and state. And so we said, hey, you can come and sing Christmas carols. You can sing Rudolph the Red Nose Reindeer. You're like, just come. And so what happened is that Max was a part of the, 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 uh, the uh, church, not the church, the school chorus. And he came here on our Christmas programs. Remember, we used to have the Christmas programs. And, and then a few years later, when tragedy struck their house, Max was looking for a church. And because he didn't go to church, he remembered, oh, I sang in this church right around the corner from my house in school. And so he came here with his green and purple hair. <laughs> and we didn't judge him like, what are you doing here? He came and he just kept coming and saw him lifting up his hands and seeing God do something in his heart. And then his father said, what is going on with my son? I think I should join him. And then his father, John, comes. And John comes into the building, and after about two or three Sundays, he has an encounter with the Holy Spirit, and he is weeping profusely. And I'm looking like, what's going on there? Other than the fact that I know it's God. And then he gives his life to the Lord. And then next year, no, uh, a few years later, I see his wife, Christine, coming. I tell you, God has the ability. First fruits. And I'm looking for that when we reopen PT North, as that neighborhood has changed. And I'm wondering, God, do we still have what it takes to matter in Cambridge? And the answer is yes. And then finally, there is Adronicus in Janiah. This is a couple. Adronicus means man of victory. And I know I've been talking about the women, but we, men, we need victorious men. Amen. We need men who are winners. Winners, first of all, in their marriage. Winners as dads, winners in their careers, winners in their walk with Christ. And praise God after seeing what God was doing. You know, I was a little disappointed I couldn't be here last Sunday because you know, I was getting over COVID. But it was good to see uh, men like uh, Rudson and my brother Kevin. I can't tell you how proud I was to see my brother Kevin as a man of God saying, yes, yes. 
You can be victorious even if your circumstances say you're not. And then this woman, Juna, Janiah, who is outstanding, who is notable. People, we need, we, we, we need and thank God we have people and couples who have a lifestyle that says, Corinthians chapter 11, verse 1, follow me as I follow Christ. We have people who Paul says that they risk they took risks for the ministry. We had took risks for the ministry. They, they, this word risk, and this is my last point, it, it, means, it means it's a metaphor for they supplied their own resources to further the ministry. This, this word risk means mm, they, they exposed themselves to mischance, to harm, to possible failure, to possible catastrophe for ministry. I want to say that I praise God, and for those of you who may not think that people are looking, I want to praise God because for the number of couples here who have adopted children. I say that because um, it was my plan when my daughters, you know, when Vanessa was seven and Jessica was four, it was my plan to adopt a son. I, I, you know, uh, I wanted two girls. My wife wanted a girl and a boy. Of course, uh, I won out by the grace of God and I had the two girls. But I, my plan was to adopt a son. We had his name all picked out, Gregory Elliott Green. And, and I don't know what happened. For some reason, life just... Life just like took over, and by the time I said, wait a minute, I was supposed to adopt a boy. <laughs> and you know, I looked at my age and said, I'm, I'm not trying to raise a teenager in my 60s. No, that, no, that's just not, that's just not gonna work. That's just not gonna work. I'm, I'm talking about me. I'm not trying to get anybody's business, but. Uh, and, <laughs> And so when I see a number of these couples and, and, and individuals who have adopted children, there's risk involved. There's risk involved. What if, you know, what if this doesn't turn out the way I planned? What if this little baby turns out to be something different as a man and a woman? God needs people who are gonna take risks. Take risks for the kingdom take risks for the church. There are people like uh, Elder, uh, Elder Troy, who I had as a Sunday school student. Little did I know that decades later, he would be a blessing to me in leading the renovation of this building. I'm telling you folks, and, and, you know, God has a way of, of blessing you when you take risks, and he left, he left a lucrative job to just, to, because he made a deal with God. He said, God, if you, know, you bless me with this amazing promotion and a bunch of money, and God, this is my commitment. If you just help me to get enough money to get my daughter, his older daughter, Daisha, if, if you give me the money to get her through college, I will leave this job and serve you. And the rest is history. 
You cannot, and I've learned this from my parents. Let's everybody stand. I'm finished. You cannot, as you take risks for the kingdom, take risks in taking people into your home, take risks in discipling people, take risks in investing in somebody's education. You, when you take risks for God, even if it may not look like the risk was a success, God is going to bless you because you were obedient. The Bible says, I, Paul, plant and Apollo waters, but only God can make things grow. And I want to encourage you, turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, you cannot control the results. But you can control being faithful. When you stand before God, he's not going to say, well done, thou good and fruitful, amazingly productive servant. He's going to do, he's going to say, look for two things. Did you do well, and were you faithful? I can only do well. I can't produce well. That's up to God. My heart goes out for pastors who are faithful. I was with a pastor just yesterday. And they were lamenting about the fact that they only have 10 to 20 people every Sunday for 15 years of ministry. And people like us would say, you might as well just close up shop and go someplace else. But we need to keep our mouths out of God's business and other people's lives. Because the more I talked to that pastor, they said to me, I'm so discouraged that we have only 10 to 20 people, but I must say, we've produced out of this church a lot of pastors because they leave our church and become pastors in other churches. I was like, you're probably more successful than these mega churches that basically judge, ooh, I like what Bishop Larry says, they judge their ministry on the seating capacity instead of the sending capacity. That's a good word right there. And if all you do is sit here and have kumbaya time and sing wonderful songs and not go out into the world and make a difference, make a change for Jesus, we are wasting time. But I thank God that I pastor a church that has that's a church that's full of these type of people, Andronicus and Junia, who will go out and risk for the gospel. Just bow our heads. Father, I thank you for the many, the many gifts that you have given me as a pastor that has helped us to be successful. And Lord, I know that we're in a new season in this church where we're about to expand and grow and reset and reopen. And Lord, up to this time, 
like Samuel said in 1 Samuel chapter 7, I declare this season, Ebenezer, that hitherto has the Lord helped us as a church. But now it's time for us to go to a new place. I thank you, Lord, for the Phoebes, these, these woman warriors who are ready to take leadership, not only in the church, but in the secular world, and to bring Christ wherever you send them. Fearless women, call them Amazon Christians, Deborahs, who, are, who, are, who will do warfare for the kingdom of God. I thank you for these uh, Priscilla's and Aquila's, these, these couples who, who, will, who will open their homes for the gospel, who will open their homes to invite unbelievers into their homes and share the love of Jesus Christ. I thank you for these individuals who, who you use us to change their lives so that we can be encouraged that this ministry that you've given us to unbelievers work is nothing like leading somebody to Christ. There's nothing like ministering to somebody and knowing that we matter because the Holy Spirit uses us in our schools, on our jobs, in our neighborhoods, while we're riding the bus, while we're on the train, while we're in an Uber ride, that we somehow are able to touch our world for Jesus. Thank you for those kind of people in this church. Thank you, Lord, for the Adronicuses and the Juniors, these, these, these people in our church who are taking risks. I thank you, Lord, for yesterday being able to walk into a home where young people, uh, uh, Gen Zs, have decided, you know, we're going to take a day uh, of, of prayer and fasting and we're going to shut in for 12 hours seeking God to do something new. Oh my goodness, we are blessed. We, there's churches that have young people and all they want to do is have a 12-hour party. But we have young people who have who said, no, we're going to fast and pray and lock ourselves in the house for 12 hours seeking God. Church, we're blessed to have young people who hunger after God. That's worth clapping for. Thank you, Jesus. So as we close, as every head is bowed, every eye is closed. Father, I pray that you will encourage your people through this word because I believe that every successful church needs eight people eight kinds of people, and I am so blessed that we, I have as a pastor of this church so many of these eight kind of people that I didn't even want to mention names lest I get in trouble. <laughs> every head is bowed and every eye is closed. If you've never received Jesus Christ, the good news is as I shared earlier, Romans chapter 1 verse 17 says, the just the person who's made right in the presence of God simply does so by faith. Faith that Jesus died on the cross and paid for our sins so that we don't have to be duped into thinking that we can pay money for our own sins. Our money is not good in heaven. Ah, but the blood of Jesus Christ is. 
So as every head is bowed, every eye is all closed, if you've never received Jesus Christ as your Savior, you say, Bishop, could you pray for me? I want to give my life to Jesus today. We're not talking about joining church or joining this church. We're just simply talking about joining Jesus. And if you're here and you're saying, Bishop, pray for me, I want to give my life to Jesus. Could you slip your hand up high so I can see it? Anybody want to make sure we don't miss anybody? You never received Jesus Christ as your Savior. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Just want to make sure online, if you are watching online and you've never given your life to Jesus, all you have to do is pray this prayer. Can we all pray this prayer so that somebody online, maybe they're watching now or they're going to watch in the future and say, hey, I want to receive Jesus. Show me how. Well, this is how you do it. Just repeat this prayer after me. Everybody, could you do this? Dear Lord, I come to you and I admit I'm a sinner. And all that means is Jesus does not live in my heart. But the Bible says whoever calls on the name of Jesus shall be saved, which means rescued from their sin. So Jesus, I'm calling upon you. Come into my heart and make me a child of God. Jesus, thank you for hearing my prayer. And I believe right now that I'm God's child. And if I were to die today, that I would be in the presence of God because of your death on my behalf. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Can we just take a moment to praise God? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I know I'm, I just want to do this final prayer. Uh, and I'll say briefly that way we can not feel whatever. But if this, this Phoebe thing really has been resonating in my heart that God is raising up dynamic women leaders. And, and if that struck you, if that struck a chord, I'm going to ask you as a, as a woman, if you would just come to the altar, and I just want to bless you. I, wanna, I won't keep you here too long because I know we can be a little bit concerned about, you know, just concerned, but I, I really feel the need to bless you, that there are, there are some women who that resonated with, and I want to bless you. I, wanna, I just want to speak blessings over your life. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. You know, you know the Lord was speaking to you. That there's no, I'm not saying you have to come up, and if you don't come up, doesn't mean you're not blessed, but, but something resonated in you that, that, that you're, you're you're a, you're a pioneer. You're a trailblazer. You, you are, that, that, that you're carrying something. Phoebe carried a letter that changed generations. And the, and the confidence that Paul had 
in this woman. And I'm not saying, I'm not saying that God's not using men, but I really believe we're living in a season where women are being marginalized. And it's time for the church, first of all, to, to empower women that know you got what it takes to make a difference in this season. And so, Father, I thank you for every woman. Could you put out your hands? I want to bless you. Father, I thank you for every woman who, is, who has been stirred in their spirit as a Phoebe, as a bright one, as a light that basically says, you can follow me because I'm following Christ. I bless them with courage that, that they will not accept the lie of a glass ceiling because there's no ceilings in Christ. For Paul says, now unto him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or think, including above glass ceilings. The Bible says, if God be for us, who can be against us? And so I bless each woman here in their profession, in their business, in their studies, as a mother, as a sister, as a mom, as a daughter, whatever role they play, wherever they go, that they will be difference makers. That they're carrying more than an epistle to a church. They're carriers of Jesus. They're carriers of the glory of God. And I say, arise, shine. Your light has come and the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. I bless them to be resource magnets that you will supernaturally draw resources to these women. Ah, treasures, talents, time. You will just supernaturally draw to them all that they need to accomplish the task and the assignment that they have on their lives. And I bless them that no matter who fights against them, you will fight for them. Ah, I bless them to be like Jehoshaphat, who heard Jehoshaphat said, you need not fight in this battle. The battle is not yours. The battle is the Lord's. And what you need to do is praise me, because when you praise me, that will be my signal to fight for you. Oh God, I pray in the name of Jesus that these women will look back on June 26, 2020 and say, it didn't begin there, but something accelerated in me. Things were stuck, things were going slow, but all of a sudden I felt like there was breakthrough. I felt a breaker's anointing. I felt an acceleration into the destiny and the purpose that God had for me. I felt like Jabez, my borders, my spirit influence being enlarged. So I speak that over them, Lord. And I'm expecting to hear the reports of the Lord. 
And so, Lord, may the Lord bless all of you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you. May the Lord be gracious upon you. And may the Lord give you his police, his police, <laughs> Lord, give you his shalom, his peace, his rest, his harmony, his calmness, his composure, his prosperity, his success. And may the Lord remove anything that causes agitation or discord, discord in your destiny and purpose for your life. I bless you in the name of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. I bless you with a week like none other. And everybody say, I received that blessing. God bless you and have an amazing week. Hey, family. Thank you so much for joining us for today's service. Special thanks to those of you who continue to generously support the work of this ministry. We are so grateful for you, and it's because of you that we can be a blessing to this community. If you enjoyed the service today, please like, share with your friends and family, and subscribe to our channel so that you can get a notification whenever our services go live. We also invite you to follow us on social media at PT Cambridge in order to stay connected to this ministry. Hey, we look forward to seeing you next time. Thanks for watching and God bless you.